0: Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation.
1: There comes such an entry of the Holy Spirit of God, such a reality of His person invading the moment, that it transforms the moment because He is there and the living reality of Jesus himself, alive in a moment, and the way he takes the promises of the word, and they begin to not simply be phantom ideas you try to convince yourself with, but where his person makes them the reality of the moment. That's the miracle, of course, of the living Christ.
2: I'm Jim Burns. Having faith in God can give you hope when you're facing difficult circumstances, no doubt. But sometimes, even strong Christians can come up against some situations that really make it seem completely hopeless. Well, Dr. Jack Hayford is one of the most dynamic Bible teachers and preachers in America, and he's been that way for years. But a few years ago, even Jack experienced a season when it seemed like hope was in short supply. During the next half hour, I'll continue my very special conversation with Dr. Jack Hayford. Discover why even a day like Good Friday can remind us where to look in finding hope when you need it most. So stay with us. It's going to be a great program today on Homework.
0: From the studios at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University, welcome to Homeward with parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh, the university's first LEED-certified building. APU's $54 million, 72,000-square-foot from Science Center offers a 90-seat lecture hall, 26 classrooms, 37 labs, and an electron microscope room. It's really impressive. It also houses APU's Center for Research and Science, represents the university's commitment to preparing graduates for the vital fields of science and education and healthcare, and really preparing them to uh, not only do research, but actually get jobs, too. If you'd like more information, uh, go to homeward.com, or you can go to apu.edu. Right now, part two of Jim's conversation with Pastor Jack Hayford on finding hope when you need it most, here on Homeward. Welcome to Homeward.
2: I'm Jim Burns. A continuing conversation today with Jack Hayford, Finding Hope When You Need It Most. He's written a great book called Hope for a Hopeless Day. And, you know, all of us have those days, and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. He's the Chancellor of King's College and Seminary in Van Nuys, California, served as the Senior Pastor of Church on the Way in Van Nuys. I have told many people that uh, Jack Hayford is one of those mentors from afar, and many times, in fact, I was telling Jack just recently that I listened to some incredible tapes of his last uh, two weeks ago, and uh, how profound uh, of an influence and impact he has had on my life, as well as so many others who I know. Jack and his wife, Anna, have been married for over 50 years, and... Uh, they have some wonderful children and grandchildren. And now you have great-grandchildren, Jack, do you?
1: We now have two with yeah. uh, three that will be born over the next six months. Okay. Three more.
2: Well, they just they just keep on. And
1: uh, Anna and I, I always want to say when the, uh, we've been married, in fact, now 53 years. And Anna and I got married when we were 20. Yeah. And I usually hasten to say that, having been married fairly young, so people don't figure I'm yeah. broaching the century mark. <laughs>
2: well, as I hear you speak and continue to hear you speak and continue to do ministry, I just say to, to myself, when I am even close to Jack Hayford's age, I hope that I can have even you know, a tenth of the, uh, the impact and the energy that you have. So I just appreciate our conversation. Now, interesting enough, you bring this up about Anna. You and your wife, Anna, discovered the value of, in many ways, crying out for help to others through a trial of cancer, because Anna was diagnosed with cancer in her colon, and you decided to actually share it with your very large church body
1: hmm You know, uh, Jim, Anna and I were talking about that just the other day because of a, a, a deep physical trial one of our longtime friends has been going through. And uh, it's been 19 years right now since uh, Anna had that surgery, and she's been cancer-free since then. And I say that to encourage the hearts of any who may be enduring a present trial in that regard. You know, there's there's a kind of an uh, inclination oftentimes of those of us in spiritual leadership to, not in a pretentious way right. of saying we want people to think that we don't have trials or real difficulties and so we won't tell the congregation, but uh, more from the side of saying, you know, uh, we're supposed to be an encouragement uh, to them, so why should we tell them our problems? And I, I was uh, very much I can't say truly tempted of that, but those thoughts went through our mind when Anna's sure. condition sure. displayed itself. And I I've will never forget the Saturday when the phone call came from the uh, doctor that morning and about 10 o'clock in the morning. And it was just uh, the diagnosis was clear. There was actual cancer. There was uh, very real uncertainty as to the possibility of it having uh, eaten through the colon and began to invade her body as we we left uh, not long after that and took a long, long drive. It, it's, it's a tender memory uh, because all of a sudden you wonder, and it, it's deeply moving, to, uh, how long you're going to have with this person means so much to you. And we t- talked through so many different fe- features of this, including it being Saturday. What should we do with the congregation the next day? And made the choice to bring it to the congregation. I told uh, uh, the elders of the body that we were going to do that a little later on that day. They stood with us. Well, the congregation's response was, you could predict it. They were so right. overwhelmed with a sense of concern and love and a show of compassion. But more than anything, the commitment to rise in humility before God's throne, but with a boldness that we can approach the throne of grace with and cry out for great grace and deliverance. When you are the recipient of a miracle of divine grace, sometimes there's a natural hesitation to, not of of reticence to testify to God's goodness, but to celebrate it to the point that people who have not had similar responses in trials would think you were indifferent toward Uh, their uh, circumstance. But God, in great mercy, uh, brought us through that. And the congregation's bearing with us was just like being encompassed not only with uh, arms that were lifting you up from a thousand directions. We we were born along on on an embrace of the love of God manifest through the congregation's life uh, through those immediate weeks. And— I will always thank God that we forthrightly dealt with it rather than saying we're we're going to be away for a few weeks and take a sabbatical and uh, would have received it, of course, asked for confidentiality with a few people and then gone and uh, just discovered whatever the unfolding was. We need one another. We need to be real with each other. And we need to trust Jesus to invade our circumstances when we cry out to him and to love one another Irrespective of outcome.
2: No, it's it's a great illustration, Jack, because I think sometimes people in the church will say, "Well, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to tell them my story." Yet, in really in reality, the, you know, the Church of God is a is a church that is a community of people who are going to come alongside. And sometimes we need others to lift our hands up. Even you know, the Jack Hayfords and the Anna Hayfords need others to come and you know, lift <laughs> their hands up uh, when they're tired or when they're oh, sick. We're or all they're... just
1: we're all just kids. Yep. Yeah. We're all just kids. We need now, to lift each other up.
2: You're exactly right. You have a phrase in your book, Hope for a Hopeless Day, that where you say, has a personal tragedy caused you to lose hope? And then you said, praise is the pathway that will restore it. And I understand that academically and intellectually, but I think sometimes when somebody's going through a personal tragedy, the most difficult thing to do is to use the form of praise as kind of the pathway to, to begin to restore a hope in their life. And I want you to talk about that in really incredible section of mm-hmm. your book.
1: Well, I think that uh, the 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 concept of a rote exercise of praise as though God were going to uh, commend you for pretending everything was wonderful and that's why you're praising is exactly what I don't mean by that and I don't think the Lord means it either. When the Bible says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you, it is not saying everything that happens to you is the will of God. There are things that happen every day of our life that aren't the will of God, uh, not necessarily to us, but in our world. But what is the will of God is that in everything we would give thanks. That's the will of God concerning us. Now, why? Because praise is what opens the door of welcoming his kingdom come, his will be done. It praise is the means by which I turn my eyes from my difficulty to His mightiness. Praise is the means by which I say, "Lord, my finite vision only sees darkness, but I look to you the light of the world and the, the giver of light in all things, and in turning ourselves from ourselves to Himself, we found the fountain, we find the fountain of light that shines in of love that begins to circum uh, encircle us with with enormous comfort of peace that does in fact begin to transcend understanding and you can't explain it but the spirit of praise has given place to uh, by its very welcome to god displaying something you can't explain until you choose to turn it to him and to praise him Not because the tough thing is happening, but because he is the one who will step into it, and however tough it gets, he'll be there, and you will know his presence to see you through. Jim, the presence of God is such a gift to us all, and praise welcomes that presence.
2: Well, the Bible even says the Lord inhabits the praise of his people, so he's going to inhabit those praise times, even in in difficult circumstances. We're going to take a break, and one of the things that you talked about in your book, and and you kind of referred to it there, is that we, we need to surrender our day to God and let it go. And a lot of people say, well, I get that, but it's hard for me to do, and so we're going to get input from
0: Jack Hayford in just a minute. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, finding hope when you need it most. That's our theme today here on the Homeward Broadcast as we are preparing for Easter. And uh, this is a book that uh, Pastor Jack Hayford has written, uh, Hope for a Hopeless Day, that parallels uh, the, the Good Friday story and uh, mirrors it up against a personal tragedy that the Hayford family experienced with the passing of his son, Scott Bauer, and uh, Scott married to Jack's daughter, Rebecca. Uh, it's a very, very compelling story. It's one that Dr. Jim Burns highly recommends. You can find more information about it in our online resource center today at Homeward. We also appreciate uh, you contacting us and letting us know which parts of our ministry web page are most beneficial to you. We hear from a lot of people who like the Good Advice Parent Newsletter, for example. It comes out every month. It's got three or four different clicks on it that are just links to different articles and, and areas for you to get deeper and go a little deeper in your parenting season. And if you'd like to start your free subscription to the Good Advice Parent Newsletter, all you have to do is go to Homeward.com and follow the prompts. That's H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D.com.
2: I'm Jim Burns with today's Homeward Snapshot.
0: Man, look at this Uh-oh. smoke. Bill, your house. I know.
2: I know. It's gone. My dream oh, house is so, gone. so
0: sorry. You guys okay? Yeah,
2: we're okay. okay. Kids are fine. I just can't believe it, you know? I can't believe what? Well, if God is such a loving God, why did he let this happen? Mm. Why did he let my dream house burn down? Well, if you believe nothing bad will ever happen to you because you're a Christian, well, I have some bad news for you. Bad things can happen to even the best of people. So when disaster strikes, you've got to have a support system in place. People who will be Jesus with skin on for you in your darkest hour. Sadly, I'm afraid that too many of us do not have that kind of network in place. Well, that's why I've created a tip sheet called Blueprint for Building a Family Support System. You can download a free copy directly from our website at homeward.com. I'm Jim Burns. Welcome back. I'm Jim Burns. I am smiling today. Jack Hayford with us. And just to hear his voice and hear his wisdom, all this wisdom is is pretty incredible for me, I'll be honest with you. Finding hope when you need it most is what we're talking about today. You know, hopelessness is commonplace in our world today, but God has offered us hope from One of the darkest days in history. Jack has written a book called Hope for a Hopeless Day, and he actually centers it around the incredible day called Good Friday. But you know what? As so many preachers have said, it's Friday, but Sunday is a coming, and there is hope even in the midst of darkness. If you're going through a tough time today, then you'll want to hear the last part of this conversation, because we're going to really talk about how do we surrender that and how do we find hope in the midst of tough times. Jack was saying right before the break that, and even used a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that says, give thanks in all circumstances. And I know it for a while. I, I had trouble with that because I thought it was give thanks for all circumstances. But even in a negative circumstance, when my mother died, I couldn't say, God, thank you for this. But in that, she was now with God. She was now healed of her cancer because she was with the Lord. In many ways, her death brought our family back together in some pretty special ways. And so you can find ways to thank God even in and praise God in the midst of even tragedies. Now, Jack, as we were talking earlier, and as I just mentioned this, the concept that you uh, write about and talk about, and I've heard you say this at other times too, is somehow we have to learn to surrender our will to the will of God. You say in your book, surrender your day to God and let it go. How do you practically do that in the midst of you know all the other things? being thrown at you.
1: Well, as you know, Jim, the, uh, the book, Hope for a Hopeless Day, uh, the sandwiched is sandwiched between a uh, description of that horrible day that our son-in-law, the plug right. was going to be pulled on, the only exactly. thing sustaining any semblance of life. And then the aftermath of that is the other end of the book. And in between are the things Jesus spoke from the cross. The concept of uh, turning it loose is, of course, what is in Jesus' final words from the cross. We usually think of it is finished being his last words. Right. Those were the si- That was the sixth expression. And the last was, Father, into your hands, mm. I commend my spirit. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that has uh, moved me since uh, I was preparing a Good Friday service message, oh my goodness, over 35 years ago. And I was so mindful of the remarkable fact that the Son of God himself was facing a moment of decision that he in whom life itself was invested, who said, No one takes my life from me, but I give it. I This, this seems a stretch because it's a moot question uh, given the fact this isn't what happened. But Jesus' capacity to simply not surrender life, since it was his as the sinless Son of God, uh, indicates the potential that until that moment, life was still his to control. He surrenders it to the Father in the face of that dark moment. And we say, well, that's an easy thing. He He knew he was going to resurrect. And I, I I don't doubt the confidence of the Savior for a moment, but we so easily trivialize in view of who he was as Son of God incarnate, the human side of that person being crucified there. And to say he knows in his spirit that there is going to be a resurrection, but he feels in his humanness, if I let go of what I can control right now, what guarantee do yeah, I have? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we all feel those things. And I don't want to read more into Jesus' thoughts and emotions there than is legitimate, but I do know this, that we are all inclined to feel if we completely surrender whatever it is, my, my heart feels a, just such a longing for people who right now uh, are just tenaciously holding on to something that they call hope, when what they need to do is even let hope go into his hands and say, Lord, I want to take you, because our hope, as we sing in the hymn, is built on nothing less than him. And to say, Lord, I am not clinging to an outcome of my insistence. I am clinging to the certainty of your faithfulness. And... When that surrender is made, then you have found the ultimate true hope.
2: Yeah. And it comes to a place when we do surrender, I know you talk about, actually early in your book, you talk about coming to a place where you actually felt an incredible peace, even in your son-in-law Scott's passing. There came a time mm-hmm. after a restless night of sleep where you woke, you stood up, and you 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 felt very much at peace with uh, the Lord's plan for your life.
1: Yeah. Listen, I'll never forget that moment as long as I live. Uh, it was a miracle. It was, and I say that that when the surrender takes place, and this is in your hands, Lord, that's the first time in my life I was. Um, how old was I? Sixty-nine years old. Yes, sixty-nine years old. And for the, I, I'd experienced the peace of God, you know, ten thousand ways, I suppose. That's the first time in my life that I really grasped peace that passes understanding. That I was flooded with a peace. I felt like I was standing on a granite block one mile each direction, deep, wide, and high. And the, the in the most solid footing you could imagine, and Jim, for three months following that, we went through several things. I was asked to return and resume the senior pastor to the church during that aftermath for the, of Scott's having served four years. The, moving the congregation through this, his death took place the end of October. We were coming into the holidays. How do you lead a congregation of thousands of people into a sense of uh, enjoying the holidays and not seeming to be glib or pretentious about the realities of their pain because they loved that pastor uh, that had taken our place, dearly loved him. And God just took us through. And it came when there was that let go and made space for God to flood in. And I, I wish there was a formula that you could say it happens this way. But there's something of a literal, if you could tighten your fist and your forearm muscles as tight as possible, then require a full relaxation just at the physiological level. And somehow, understanding that, say, Lord, I truly do let it go. I demand no specific outcome. I only call for you, and I trust you. And it comes. And that's a lesson for so many of us today.
0: Boy, it's really powerful, too, especially this time of year. And that concludes Dr. Jim Burns' two-part conversation with Pastor Jack Hayford here on the Homeward Broadcast. Finding hope when you need it most. We hope and pray that this has been an encouraging program time for you. There was also a first installment of this. We've got both part one and part two on one full-length audio CD. Uh, You can contact us at homeward.com. You can write to us at Post Office Box 1600, San Juan, Capistrano, California, zip code 92693. or call 800-397-9725, and uh, we'll thank you for a gift of any amount in support of our ministry by sending you that CD. A good conversation today, Jim, a very hope-filled conversation on a tough topic with Pastor Jack Kafer. What a privilege to have uh, somebody of his stature on our program. I feel
2: very fortunate. But also, especially on this day, I mean, Good Friday, it's a day where so many times we feel hopeless, and the disciples and so many of the followers of Jesus on that first Good Friday felt hopeless. Jesus hung on a cross like a piece of meat. He died. They watched the clouds come in. They watched these things happen, and then only to know that on Friday it was a bad day, but on Sunday it was a most wonderful day. On that day over 2,000 years ago, it, it did seem like all was lost, but again, hope returned on Easter Sunday, and that hope is, is still inspiring us today. It's amazing to think about what's going to happen between today, Good Friday, and Sunday. There will be millions and millions of people who will once again be reminded that they can make an incredible commitment to Jesus Christ and experience new life, and there is resurrection, and there is hope. And that's, that's a most outstanding reason for us to be filled with hope, because Jesus Christ died, but hey, he didn't stay in the graves, he rose. That's great news. Roger, sometimes I look at how cluttered our lives have become, and I wonder, you know, why are we just going so fast? You know, why don't we focus more on the cross than on just the busyness of our life? You know, so many of us are working so hard to have what you might call the perfect life, but I wonder if we really believe that all of this activity will make us happy. Well, that's why I want to take the final moments of our time together today to challenge you to do a spiritual inventory in your life. This is the perfect time to do it right at Easter. Take a look. At your motives for why you have so much going on in your life. Could it be that you're losing hope in your faith in Christ, and you're kind of doing it on your own? Kathy has a favorite saying. You've heard me say this, Roger. We have a Messiah. He's doing very well. Don't replace him. Right, right. And I can get too busy and too distracted as well.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, we, we all fall victim to that, and I know, Jim, that one of the things that we, are, as parents, are get so busy doing uh, this time of year and any time of year is trying to keep up with the culture that our kids are growing up in. And that's why one of the reasons we uh, like to remind parents about the fact that homework puts out a weekly culture brief and uh, Fridays of the day it comes out. Our web editor, Jim Leebelt, does a great job of kind of tracking youth trends. It's a very comprehensive uh, piece. It's got some articles, some links. There are also some rankings. Here are the top 10 television shows for kids during the week uh, in terms of what was watched. Here are the music downloads that they're going after. It really is just kind of a one sheet of everything that's happening in youth culture. The Homeward Weekly Culture Brief. You can start receiving this. As a parent, it's a great resource. As a youth worker, good thing to have. And there's no cost. It's absolutely free. Go to homeward.com, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D.com. Start your free subscription today so you can start getting with probably the next edition of the Homeward Weekly Culture Brief. Again, for your free subscription, go to H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D.com.
2: Well, please know how much we appreciate your prayers and your ongoing financial support of Homeward. You can give a gift through our secure website at homeward.com. You can also mail your tax-deductible donation to Homeward. Post Office Box 1600, San Juan, Capistrano, California, 92693. You can also friend me on Facebook, and if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can now get my tweets, 140 characters of positive words about parenting, marriage, and faith. Until next
0: time, I'm Jim Burns. Thanks for tuning in today to Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.